Hey friends, welcome to today's episode. Today I'm going to be talking with Tiffany Lewis and we are going to be talking about brand copy and what does it mean for our copy and our brand to match and she's going to give us all the tips on copy. Tiffany Lewis is the owner of Propel Virtual Solutions. Tiffany is a content strategist and conversion copywriter who helps female coaches build relationships and increase sales through website, email sequence, sales pages, and courses using content and copywriting. Tiffany knows that when high-demand female entrepreneurs have the right words to elevate their voice and articulate their message, they can empower more women. And I cannot wait for you guys to meet my new friend, Tiffany. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. Hi, Tiffany. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me, Michelle. I am so happy that we finally got to connect to do this podcast. We have been talking about it for quite a while, and you and I have so many in common friends. It was one of those that no matter which friend we were going to meet somehow, some way, um, eventually. So I am so excited to have you today. Me um, too. Thank you. I would love for you to start off by just introducing yourself, tell the listeners what you do and your journey into entrepreneurship and motherhood. All right. So hi again, everybody. I'm super excited for this opportunity. Like Michelle said, we've been chatting away for a while. I don't even know how long. It's been a while. Like before, like I'm a hot mess right now. I don't know what to do with school. Let's connect after. Yeah. So we're finally here. um, And this is like the perfect time. I like fall. I know this is not on topic, but fall is my favorite month and like back to school and all that, even though it looks very different this year. Um, So I just think this is a really great time just for resetting and all that. So um, I'm Tiffany and I'm a copywriter. I help 
female coaches launch and sell their signature offer with compelling copy and brand storytelling. Um, and basically what that means is um, I love writing email sequences, websites, and sales pages. Those are like my forte and zone of genius. Um, and I actually started my business in 2018. Um, at the time I had in two kids that were school age and one that was still in, I guess it was preschool at the time. Yeah. Um, and so I was in my 13th or 14th year of teaching and I've taught everything from kindergarten to sixth grade. And I was like the definition. If you Google burnt out, <laughs> you, you find my picture. <laughs> Um, I always think about the, like the owl picture that's holding coffee with the frazzled hair. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, that's me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I was just really tired and I wanted to find a way that I could work from home while still supporting my family. Um, and like being there for my kids, I was like probably the meanest mom ever <laughs> and, you know, just not a good wife. And I just felt like something has to give and I don't want it to be. Um, at the expense of my family. So I was searching um, work from home jobs and Google was tracking all of that. So <laughs> I was on Facebook and this, um, I guess, ad popped up to watch a webinar about becoming a virtual si- or freelancer. Um, and it was directed to moms. And I was like, oh my gosh, I could totally do this. So I watched the webinar, took the course, and the rest is history. So I actually started off as a social media manager and, and I did that for about a year and I watched another like webinar about copywriting and I was like, oh, I could totally do that. And so I transitioned into that. Um, I actually have a background in public relations and so I kind of, and communication. So I kind of felt like, you know, let me use my expertise or degree mm. that I've paid for <laughs> yes. um, and go into that. So, um, so that's how I ended up into copywriting. And I can say that, you know, in the two years that I've been in business, it's just been a journey <laughs> to say the least. And so, you know, the first year, you kind of just kind of like finding your, your zone and figuring things out. Um, and since I switched within my first year, like niched or switched niches, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it was just, it took a little while to sort of find my grounding and footing and things like that. I really honestly feel like things didn't take off until maybe like October of 2019. And then most definitely this year, even with, you know, the pandemic and everything, I think just the opportunity to be home and be focused and not have to juggle um, so hard, like I was still working as a teacher, you know, my nine to five. Um, But the opportunity to do that from home, not have to spend time traveling to work and like coming home, it was kind of just like, this seamless flow of time, (laughs) um, which is super awesome. And things really took off um, then. But I also think it helps that my kids are a little bit older than they were when I started. So now they're all school age. They're 10, 8, and 6. And two years ago, like I said, one was still in pre-K and or preschool or whatever it's called. Yeah. (laughs) And the others for school age. So it's just, you know, as they get older, they become more independent. 
then it gives me a little bit uh, more opportunity to not be as hands-on or like helicoptery, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, but still very much involved. So now they're, I guess interests are switching and I'll have to be able to create time for those things, um, which is not so much because of quarantine. Like my state is still very much um, in kind of lockdown mode. So, mm-hmm. um, but I do imagine that as they get older and the world starts opening up again, um, you know, my their interests will shift and my time will shift um, instead of, being so like school focused, it'll be more life focused. Like they'll want to do all these things that I have to help them do. <laughs> hmm. Yes. I love how you touched on how you were like, okay, something has to give and I need to switch. And so you started Googling. I think every entrepreneur's mom's journey begins with how do I make money from home? How do I make money during nap time? And then it's figuring out like, okay, of these things that come up, which one is going to work for me? And it's interesting how you even said Google, because I think some of the same things of Facebook ads and Google ads was the same thing for me where I had been searching, but it also, you know, however the algorithm is, knows your interests. And it started bringing up stuff that you would be good at. So super creepy, but yeah, super very creepy. fortunate. <laughs> but I love that you touched on that even in quarantine, you were still able to thrive by niching down, which is so important because a lot of times we think, well, if I just speak to a whole bunch of people and I cast a super wide net, I will catch some instead of like fishing with a fishing pole with the bait for the correct fish, you will catch the right people every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, um, I love that. So, and I know that that comes down to a lot of the storytelling that we do in business, which is what you are good at. So I'm so excited for you to share on storytelling with us and to kind of break it down. And how do we figure out like how to tell our story in our business? Yeah. So I, um, as much as I love writing and copywriting, I also really love reading. And so I really think that um, great writers are born from great readers. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, when you hear the word storytelling, a lot of people are like, oh, like, do you mean like they picture this like sitting in front of, you know, this class with the book? And honestly, it is that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, It's a lot of the same things. And, you know, uh, people are like, oh, well, I don't have you know, what does that mean? I don't have a story to tell. And I always say you do, everyone has a story to tell. It's how you deliver that story. So whether it's through your writing or podcasting, like this is your thing, right? So Mm -hmm. this is how you tell stories. Um, Or if you're like a YouTube queen and video is your thing, Um, but everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has experiences that they, um, you know, that make shape who they are. And it just, it's all about the delivery. So the way I like to tell stories is through writing. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the things that I'll talk about today with the storytelling, you can definitely use across different forms of content. Um, but I just wanted to give that background that it's from a writing perspective because that's what I love to do. <laughs> but at the same time, like how you said, it can so easily be transferred into whatever is like your main form of so medium 
you know, type yeah. of thing of, of I am not a writer, but I would verbally tell somebody and then hire somebody like you to write it down into the words of the people to read, but that we can take whatever you're going to apply and put it towards um, whatever medium is our big zone of genius and then figure out ways to make it work. But I'm so excited because I always love when we get to talk about things that have to do with writing. Um, and I've said on other podcasts that I'm dyslexic. I'm the worst writer ever. And even on a post or something, if you see a comma, it's not because that's probably where the comma should be because I don't see it. It's where I took a breath. Yeah. That <laughs> <makes sense. laughs> I love like that. I was talking, mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know if it should be a period or comma. So I'm going <gasps> to take a breath while I'm talking and here we go. <laughs> hey, that's fine. It's totally fine. Even I, you know, as a expert writer, have those moments where I'm like, oh, crap. So it's even today, like in my stories, I spoke coffee with one E and then I posted it somewhere else. And I was like, oh yeah, that's totally not how you. Oh yeah, I did the same thing. I don't know if that's spelling or it could be mom brain that you were maybe also be like, Hey, could you get on that zoom call for class? While I'm right, like, uh. <laughs> and I hadn't had my coffee yet. So it was like, not, it was not a good, a good time. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. It's in a story 24 hours. It'll be gone. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so speaking of like telling your story and, you know, figuring out your medium, honestly, it just boils down to this, that the art of storytelling is like the number one, um, tool, whichever medium you use to connect with your audience and, um, you know, copy particularly. So when you're thinking about storytelling via writing is the, like, the one business thing that you have to have, like in order Mm -hmm. to run a business, you don't have to hire someone to do it, but words do, um, you know, drive your business and drive sales. So you, you think about like the words on your website or the words on your social copy. Um, if you run ads or if you write a blog or all of those things, those are all, um, opportunities for you to write copy and content and then tell a story while doing it. And so storytelling basically helps to shape your reader's um, social and emotional connection to you, your business, and your brand. And so I said it's a lot like, you know, sitting in a class and listening to or read aloud because it's basically what it is. You're helping your reader um, make those like sensory connections in their brain that allow them to kind of like experience the five senses through your story. So they can actually like hear, feel, you know, see, taste, smell your story Mm -hmm. um, and in whatever medium that you have. And so obviously the five senses are highlighted more in other mediums. Like if you're, um, you know, making a video, obviously the, the, the sense of sight is super highlighted um, as opposed to if you're, writing a blog, then it's more like the sense of um, hearing. So, but either way, those five senses are um, sort of ignited when you are storytelling with your copy and content. And um, so when you think about that, you literally can think about listening to a read aloud or even you as an adult reader, like what you experience as you're reading a book. Um, And like I said earlier, like that's one of my favorite Reading is one of my favorite pastimes and it allows me to sort of like escape and just, you know, I put myself totally into a book 
And sometimes I cry when I'm finished reading them because I'm like, oh, I miss, I'm going to miss these, <laughs> going to miss these people so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like that is basically what your what storytelling does um, for your copy and content. Like you want your reader to be so immersed in whatever your story is that they're like, I have to work with this, you know, lady, or I need to buy this product, or. I want to like, this is my BFF or my mm-hmm. biz bestie or whatever. Like you want them to like, just come back for more and more um, so that you can build that really strong connection with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I even find it so often like with, I think when you're talking about the storytelling and the copy that's in our business and, and you touch on the key thing, that's like the business bestie, that how many times I have been to websites or things where I've read the copy just by reading the copy and not doing anything else. I'm like, Oh, this isn't my girl, but there's things that in the copy that they reference. I was like, Oh yeah, you'd be like you and I are friends without me even having to meet you, which is so important to get across to your customers, like on the homepage, even yes, Mm -hmm. they go to the about you, but how important it is to capture it on that um, homepage. So I would love for you to tell the listeners um, how do we use like the brand storytelling copy on our websites or in our launch? Yeah. So basically you have to, um, think about, I, I really like this, the formula, it's the hook story offer formula. Mm-hmm. And it's basically how you are hooking in your reader. Um, you're telling a story. So, and that story can come from like so many places, your experiences, um, market research so that you're actually speaking to your idol audiences, you know, problems, goals, desires, etc. Um, you know, and I'll drop some like places where I like to get like trending um, news or whatever that are, that's for my industry mm-hmm. uh, or the industry of my clients and um, the offer. And a lot of times people think that the offer has to be like a monetary type, like go oh, buy this or whatever. Um, and honestly, it doesn't. It's any type of call to action. So um, we'll talk a little bit about sort of the intent of writing. And it just depends on like why you're writing this piece of copy or content. And mm-hmm. that kind of drives the offer part. But I think really sticking to hook story offer is one of my favorite ways to write. And it's what I like advise people how they should sort of form format their writing Uh, especially if writing is not your thing (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're like, Oh my gosh, every time you have to think about writing something, you'd like freeze or you feel nervous or whatever. If you really just think about these three, like all I have to do is get these three sections and boom, I'm done. And honestly, I feel like section two, the story and section three, the offer are probably the easiest things to write because the story comes from you Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, whatever your experience and all that, like you have the meat of it. Um, and then the offer again is super easy. It's just based on why you're writing. So if you want to grow your email list, it might be, uh, an offer that's related to that. Or if you want people to DM you or whatever, you know, it might be an offer related to that. So I feel like the hardest part is probably the hook. Um, but mm-hmm. I feel like that's for any type of writing, like when you're in high school and college and you had to write those thesis statements and you had to figure out the topic sentence and you're like, oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, and so until that point, I like to sort of backwards um, plan or reverse engineer my writing 
and start with the offer and then write the story mm. and then kind of makes the hook easy. You can kind of tease it out of um, the story and the offer a little bit. So, yeah. So I would love for you to dive in because I feel like it is easy for me to write the middle and the close, but it's always the hook. I'm like, well, what part is going to get them? What creates a good like stopping hook that, yeah. you know, especially we use hook, the hook story close, whether it's on Instagram or it is important because I know even a hook on the homepage of your website or a landing page of your launch is so important to get yeah. people to stop. So are there keys that come to the hook? Yeah. And even in like vid- re- recordings and videos, you mm-hmm. s- I feel like you still can use that offer. Uh, I mean, not the offer, that format. <laughs> and so, you know, in terms of like writing, it's you can kind of do a few things. So you can ask a question. You can give a fact. Um, I really kind of like those. I'm very, very drawn to those more polarizing um, type of hooks. So like uh, I know I wrote something on Instagram, like your VA is not your copywriter. That was like my first mm-hmm. line. And it was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and you kind of just kind of, you know, shock people, give that shock value. Um, you know, questions work really well, especially on like um, websites and landing pages. Um, and especially questions that kind of touch on your audience's pain points, like, are you tired of living life on autopilot or, or whatever? And then you're like, oh, yeah, you're speaking to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and like that webinar I talked about watching earlier, I feel like the the question on the ad was like, are you, you know, do you think moms can have it all? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, so that kind of drew me in. So I think using the hook that like asks a question or makes a very polarizing statement or even like gives a fact. Um, you know, some, I, I guess that just depends on your audience, but sometimes like literally, literally stating a fact, uh, you know, numbers, that kind of thing, um, really, really helps drive the reader in. Mm, yeah, that's a great advice. And as a person who is on the sales side, even if like having a hook or a hook even comes into like when you're doing your sales pitch. So mm-hmm. it's super important to, you know, I 100% agree on all of that because it's how you can get the buyers to stop as well. Yeah, and it even works. um, I like to think of it for every single thing. So I think it even works for your email subject lines as well Mm -hmm. Um, because you obviously want people to, you know, think about how many emails you get in a day um, and you want your particular email to be like that eye-catching thing that someone reads. And so I really like using polarizing subject lines as well um, because I feel like that is like a, a stopper and you're you know scrolling, you're like, oh, what's this about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel like anything that is catchy and like gives a little hint of what the copy is gonna be about, but not so much um, that the reader doesn't need to read whatever the copy is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into the story part where, you know, you talked about what is kind of the whole meat of what we're writing and that you said one of your big zones of geniuses is helping people figure out their story and how we're going to write that. Because so often I think that 
people think, oh, well, if I have to tell my story, that it has to be something that's super deep about my life, or how do I know which part of my story, or how does my story tie into my brand? How do people kind of know those things? Um, I Through experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just honestly, over time, and this is a question that I get a lot, like, all right, so is it too much to include this about my life? Or like, is this enough information? Like, do you feel like my audience is going to connect? And I honestly feel like you learn that what works and what doesn't work through experience, kind of like trial and error, right? So I say, go for it, put it all out there. And if people give you crickets, or if you get crickets, then kind of draw back or vice versa. If you don't put out enough, and you're not connecting with people, then do more. But I honestly think that you can just you know, I tell people to do this massive brain dump where they have these three categories. So their experiences, um, their failures, and then their goals or success, failures, goals. And you, if you just do, you know, set the timer for like 15 minutes, brain dump every single thing that you can think of pertaining to your life um, in those categories it really helps you to start building content and copy and like creating the story that you want to tell or have to tell. Um, and so that's just really helpful. That's been really helpful for, for me and for clients to just do this massive brain dump, write every single success they've had in life. And it's sometimes it's really hard for people to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when you see it all on paper, though, it helps you sort of, you know, think about how you can craft the story that you that you have to tell. So like do this massive dump, success, failures, goals, um, and sort of think about which parts of those things relate to your audience so that when you're, when you are crafting that story, you can write it in a way that relates. Um, another thing I like to do is, um, collect market research. So uh, Instagram is my favorite place to hang out. Mm-hmm. And so I love doing polls and just like, thinking of questions, you know, thinking of my audience's pain points or whatever goals, fears, et cetera. And then asking like those key questions to get them to give me the answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so I like using that. And I also um, use things like Reddit, um, Google and Google trends and ask the public. And so those are like three websites where you can, kind of look at discussion board, the discussion board type websites, and you can um, sort of see what's trending mm. globally, but also specific to your industry. Um, and so since my um, idol client or, or coaches, mostly business coaches, so whether it's like sales, marketing, whatever, you know, I kind of look at like what's trending business, business wise, what's happening mm. in like female entrepreneurship, um, what's happening, you know, in mom life, all those things, just like use that information to build my story. And then I also use that to kind of see, um, what I can relate to my own personal story. So like, Mm. you know, I have that brain dump and that's like my starting point Then I have like market research. And then I have this, you know, web research (laughs) and I kind of just see what relates off out of all three of those um, things. 
Mm. I love that going to the web research because that's something I have never thought of before. And so often, sometimes we put those polls or things on social media, and then you get like nobody, and nobody answers. You're <laughs> or like, you oh, get great. bots, and you're like, Who right? Are you? Yeah, you I'm like, question. no, yeah, no, thank you. I don't need whatever you just put in there. Right? You know? <laughs> um, no, thank you. I have a husband. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, that's a great thing to consider of figuring out where the trends are going because like we just said earlier google and facebook like they already know like the analytics are all there you just have to know where to go and find those analytics have you always been dreaming about creating an event for your business but of course in the season we're in in person just still isn't really an option. Well, I am so excited because online events are my jam and I have come up with a way that you can create your perfect online event as well. Don't feel like you have to create something that is huge and flashy like we are seeing some of the big names in businesses do. You can create micro events that are perfect for your audience. I can help you figure out how to tailor your event to your audience and whether it be live or pre-recorded, I know that there is a perfect online event for you that is going to impact your business and to help your customers or your followers feel more connected to you. An event is a great way to let your people get a better inside look onto you and your heart and your business. So whether it be a micro summit, an online conference, an educational event, or whatever you can dream up, girl, I am so excited to help you plan it. Head to michellehagan.com for more info or send me a DM on Instagram at Michelle and Hagen and say, Michelle, how can I plan my event with you? And I look forward to hearing from you. So I would love for you now that we kind of like talked about the story and that, yes, it's trial and error, but kind of once we figure out which story of ours is resonating with our audience, how do we figure out how to combine that? with our offer um, so that it's making sense for our audience to then purchase? Um, that's a great question. And so there's a big answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you guys get out your notebook and pens so you can take notes. Um, so when you're, I think I talked about this a little bit earlier, but about your intention for writing, and so I have this copy checklist and there are five areas where you should really kind of think or consider, um, think about or consider before you're writing and kind of like as you're writing um, and then go back when you're done writing, kind of check off to make sure you hit all these areas. So the first one is um, your audience and you really want to consider, you know, who you're talking to and beyond the like, you know, my ideal client's favorite color is pink and she has like 2.3 kids, but like really digging deep into, you know, who your, who your audience is, what are their goals and desires and fears and pain points. Um, and, and that will be like your first, um, I guess, checkpoint when you're thinking about how to craft this story for sales. And the second thing is your intention. So you want to think about 
like what is the intent in writing and referring back to the um, the offer piece or the close piece or the call to action piece mm-hmm. um, that really dri- your intention really drives that part of your format. Um, you know, why are you writing? Is it to, you know, grow your email list, make a sale, you know, grow your network um, and just kind of think about that. The third uh, item on the checklist is interest. And so that kind of comes into play with the hook. How are you getting the reader to actually read whatever you're writing or listen to what you're saying or watch the video that you've made? Um, And then what kinds of things you do um, or how do you relate to them throughout that piece of content or copy to keep their interest? Um, The fourth thing is emotion. So again, thinking about you know, the story that you're telling, which part of the senses, five senses, are you, are you drawing on or connecting to? Um, And kind of how, like, how are you using your content and copy to drive that point? So, um, you know, if you really want to dig deep into your audience's fears, because you're, I don't know, trying to sell a coaching program or something, and the biggest thing, the biggest thing they fear is leaving their nine to five. Um, that might be a thing for your audience. And so if your uh, emotional um, point in your story is to really, really dig deep into that, then you want to make sure that you kind of craft a story that talks about that. You can talk about your experience leaving your nine to five, kind of like your feelings or emotion around that, etc. Um, and then the fifth thing on the checklist is clarity. So how clear are you, is your copy or content? Um, we probably have all heard that a confused mind um, never buys. And so you want to just mm. make sure that whatever it is you're delivering, that your um, copy or content is super, super clear and you don't have too many things going on. I know um, we live in a world of like multi-passionate entrepreneurs and that is, okay. But you just have to think about when you're, you know, writing your content and copy, you want to focus on one, um, one thing at a time. Mm, That's so good. And I, um, saying how you said to focus on one thing at a time, it is so easy as multi-passion, passionate entrepreneurs or even just creative entrepreneurs because our brains are going at like a hundred miles an hour of all the ideas that are coming up to remember to like just focus on one thing at a time Mm -hmm. um, is so super important and um, just talking about how to frame the story around your offer because um, which the whole framing your story ties in, you know, to the buyer's journey. And there's so much, I mean, I could go deep into like why they buy and the mental things that you have to walk them through because you physically can't talk to them if you are not doing one-on-one sales calls that your story has to then also take them through the psychology of why they need to buy your product. Yep. And speaking of that, um, so I have this book, it's called Copywriting Secrets by Jim Edwards. So even if you're not a copywriter, it's a great book to have. It talks all about, um, you know, the basics of copywriting, but it had a really great uh, line in there about um, people love to buy. Like we live in a world of 
immediate gratification mm-hmm. and like rewards <laughs> mm-hmm. and all of that. And so everybody wants to buy something, right? Even if it's like, you know, oh, I just need to go to the store and get like, I don't know, some new lipstick, whatever. Like mm-hmm. people always want to buy. The purpose of your content and copy is to get them to buy from you. And so I was like, oh, that's so simple. Like I never mm-hmm. thought about that. So I think that a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we get stuck in this like, like, oh, I'm not a salesperson or, you know, I'm really uncomfortable with with talking about my offer. And I think that my perspective was shifted quite a bit when I read that, like, everyone wants to buy. So you're not convincing people to do something that they don't already want to do. Um, your per- your The purpose of your content and copy is just to kind of guide them to make mm-hmm. the purchase from you. And I was like, oh, that's so smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and he talked a lot about uh, about the buyer motivation. And he said there are five um, like main reasons people buy. And I'm like, oh, so that combined with the like everyone wants to buy really helped me help make sense of sales for me. And so the five reasons were to make money, save money, save time, um, lack of skill or will, which is, that's kind of like where my mind has always gone. And mm-hmm. then to es- escape pain. And I was like, oh, those are like really great. Like I get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so when, whenever I'm like writing copy or content or, you know, doing stories or whatever, Facebook lives, I am kind of always think having those five pieces uh, in my mind. And I don't always speak to all five of them. But I definitely want to make sure that that at some point my content and copy touches on one of them. And like Mm -hmm. I said, I always was coming from the like skill will place because I know people, a lot of people don't, not everyone loves writing. And like, this is just not people's jam, (laughs) like it's Mm -hmm. mine. And so I've always written or, you know, done stories and et cetera from that uh, lack of skill and will perspective but then I started thinking about and I do know like you know outsourcing can save you time like yes I know that but mm-hmm. I didn't really start to focus on that in my writing until I understood like those buyer motivations and now I'm always just checking like do I have those you know five uh, copy checklist things and am I speaking to at least one you know buyer motivation um, and I feel like that really helps to like frame your writing um, mm-hmm. a lot Yeah. Yes. There's so many good things that you touched on in there as being a sales strategist that um, sales and copy are so intertwined to each other. And it is 100% like those five things are so right. And there are, and then there's just so many ways that of a journey of a buyer of all of those to go in. But I think one thing to touch on with some of that, if people were listening and writing down those five, like when it comes to sales, Sometimes depending on what your offer is, so maybe you have a course or it's coaching, each one of those might speak to a different one of those five that you talked about. So it might not always be that your offer has to cover all five of those things. It's that you're the pain or, you know, they wanting to save money, save time that you might be speaking to like three of those or the different ways. And there's different types of buyers, which that's a whole different episode, which yes. is <laughs> I just did. So if you guys missed that one, back it up. If you look down, there's something about the three types of buyers and um, we, that all goes into it. But um, 
just to touch on like how important copy is to sales. Um, I want people like to make sure that they heard that if you heard anything that it's, you need to make sure that you have someone that knows how to launch and then someone that knows how to write your copy. And that um, just even as you've been explaining the story and everything like that, and to know that you can be really good at selling your offer. And it's okay if you're not really good at writing about it, because that's where someone like you or um, can come in and help somebody because I know I've told you many a times and a few other of uh, mutual friends that we have our launch people. I'm like, listen, I could sell you anything, but I can't write it to you at all. Right. <laughs> I, so someone else has to do it. So, you know, and that kind of circles back around how we talked about before of just know, knowing where your genius zone of media is and then mm-hmm. filling in the gap. So I could easily tell you, I need to make sure that we touch on these pain points and then you write in the fluff. Yeah, (laughs) It's not fluff, but you write it in the middle to make sure that people understand. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's, and I think that that really speaks to the importance of um, like knowing when this is a big question, like, well, how do I know that I need a copywriter? And it's not, you know, always like I hate writing (laughs) it -hmm. might just be like I honestly can't get the words like I'm really good at creating offers and building a product suite or whatever or selling but I just literally can't get the words out or you know it looks ugly when I write it (laughs) or whatever Mm -hmm. you know and I just Mm -hmm. like um like what you just said like living in your your zone of genius really really um, speaks to knowing when to outsource or to build a team. Um, and I feel like that's a huge thing that I've kind of started to figure out. And I think it, I'm making that shift just this year, like in year two um, of like, okay, yeah, I don't love doing this, but <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so let me find someone who can do it so that I can really focus on what I'm great at, which is, you know, the writing part of the creative part. Um mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, that was always like a big question for me. Like, hmm, how do I know? Or people ask that a lot. Like, am I ready? Um, another thing about being ready is you really have to know, um, like who you serve and kind of like why you serve them. I think before you outsource anything, uh, a coach of mine told me that you should try something for three months, um, or with three clients, like in a group of three, and then decide like, yeah, no, this isn't for me. Just so when you do outsource it or, you know, onboard a team that you have some background knowledge of like how whatever it is supposed to work. And so I always say like, if you're, you know, yes, I can definitely help brand new business owners, but that is not who I love to help because you haven't tried all the things first in your business. And I feel like, you know, when you outsource and you come to whoever, a VA copyright or whatever, and you're just like, oh, you just kind of like word vomit on what you need. Um, It's really hard for that service provider to to help you um, the best way that they possibly can because you yourself don't always know what you need. (laughs) Yeah. I know. Sometimes don't we all wish that there was the coaches that could wave the magic wand and be like, and here it all is. But it's true. Like you've said, like you have to try it and you have to work because um, 
in a way, even though you're a copywriter, you're still a coach because you're still coaching your business owners. And I think uh, as coaches, that's one of the hardest things that people think that you can hire a coach or you can hire somebody to come in and do something in your business, but they're not going to necessarily fix it. Right. You still have to do the work to either create the offer or fix. Like they're going to help give you the roadmap and hold you accountable. Um but in your case, you're going to come in and hold us accountable to like making sure our copy is the way that it needs to be and sounds correct, yeah. um, which is so important. So is there any last words of advice that you have on copywriting and storytelling that you wanted to touch on? Um, I think that's it. Honestly, just start. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, like I said earlier, we all have a story to tell. It's really just deciding on which medium we're going to use to tell that story. So if writing is not your thing, that's totally fine. Um, if speaking is your thing or videos are your thing, that's fine. Uh, everything that I shared um, today can be used wherever you are creating content and or copy. Um, Mm -hmm. and can be applied to, to build and grow and sustain your business. So, um, you know, and just start, a lot of people have that fear of starting or like Mm -hmm. perfectionism or whatever. And honestly, you don't know what works until you try. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Happy writing. Thank you so, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom today on copywriting, Um, one of the last questions I always like to ask people, um, just to wrap up the show is if you could go back to yourself, looking back to the Tiffany that was in like the deep little years and even maybe the little years of starting your business, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, that's such a great question. I love that. So I would say to my self as a mom of little younger years and Mm -hmm. as a business owner, um, give yourself grace. I think that I didn't do that enough, um, starting my business. And then as a mom of littles, my kids are all, uh, two years apart. And so at one point we had five, Mm. three, five, (laughs) um, and I was like, what is happening here? And I just, you know, didn't give myself enough grace. Um, and, and by giving yourself grace, that really means like taking some time out, whether it's, you know, waking up 30 minutes early or going to bed 30, 30 minutes later than the kids or the entire house and just kind of like reflecting and using that time to either reflect via journaling or just have conversations with yourself mm-hmm. uh, to really kind of just, you know, take a look back and say, um, you know, here are the things that I'm grateful for today, even though ABCD went wrong. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm so grateful for, you know, one, two, and three. Um, and here's how I can, you know, give myself grace for the things that didn't go right today um, and then try again tomorrow. So I think that that's a big, the biggest piece of advice is just to give yourself grace no matter where you are in business or motherhood. Um, just do that. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, thank you so much again for being on the show. If anyone wants to connect with you after this episode, where can they find you at? Um, so I am on Instagram um, at Tiffany I'm on Facebook at Propel Virtual Solutions and also 
personally, I guess, as Tiffany Lewis. So um, find me there. Um, DM me, PM me, email me, <laughs> and we, we can connect um, further. Oh, thank you so much. And I cannot wait to chat with you again soon. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling podcast community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.